And it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Pray with me. Father, once again, we thank you that your love is made manifest to us. The power of your presence, Lord, it feels so wonderful. It feels so good. God, our love for you knows no bounds, Lord. We, we are desperate today. God, we are desperate. We need a word from you. We need, Father, for you to come God, and reveal yourself in a way that we haven't felt it in a long time. Father, you say it is through the foolishness of preaching that men's hearts are changed. God, it's my voice and my mouth, Father, is simply a tool for you to convey the beauty and the wonders of who you are. And somehow in this broken vessel, God, you're able to use and bring about something marvelous. God, we want that today. On this Resurrection Sunday, we want to feel your presence and your power. And may it never get old. And may it never get stale. The fact that you died and rose again for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. As many of you know, this is a time of year where Christians come together and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And although many of us who are here today, we love him and for us it is a light thing uh, to come into his presence, there are those who try to use this opportunity as a way to discredit the power of the cross. There are always questions sometimes surrounding his death and there are questions about his resurrection and some even question history. Some question his authenticity. But you know, amid all of the chatter about Jesus, which we happen to love, by the way, is embedded within the scriptures a love story. How I many of you like love stories? You know, when I think about the goodness of God, and I think about all that he's done for me, I, I, my, my heart melts and my soul rejoices because like you, when I came to Christ, it wasn't because I understood all of the Bible. It wasn't because I had all the theological debates down packed and I could win all of them. It wasn't because I had a revelation that was so profound and so deep that, that, that it just blew everybody off the map. It was, that wasn't what drew me to Christ. And I surmised that that really wasn't what drew you to Christ either. What drew you to Christ was the revelation of his love the revelation of his mercy, the revelation of his goodness. The Bible says that it is because of the goodness of the Lord that men repent. It is God's goodness. It is a story of redemption. It's a story of forgiveness. It's a story of hope. It's a story of God's passionate pursuit of mankind. How many know that God is passionately in love with you? 
Don't let all the business and all the things that encompass your daily routine take you away from the reality of the fact that the gospel is all about love. There are many who ask the question, why Jesus? Why? Why do Christians seem to be somewhat intolerant? Why can't we just simply, Pastor, why can't you, you Christians just simply believe that all roads lead to heaven? Why can't we just kind of just say, hey, it's okay. It doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you love, it's good, and you'll find yourself in heaven some way, somehow. Why, Jesus, why do you go through all this trouble to cook food, to, to wear your best suits? And, 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 and why do you take time on Sunday mornings to come to church service to worship Jesus every week? Why, Jesus? <laughs> We're going to explore that in this series. Why is it? You ever ask yourself the question amid all of your doings, why do you do what you do? <laughs> you know why, Jesus? Because truth matters. I want to say that again. Truth matters. You see, if the building is on fire, and I happen to be the only one that can get you out of the building. It doesn't matter if you don't like me. It doesn't matter if you wanted somebody else. It doesn't matter. The facts are that I'm the only one here that can get you out of the fire, out of the building. It's not that Christians are mean. It's not that we are insensitive. It is that we understand that there is an absolute truth in the world today. And his name is Jesus. I want to tell you this morning about a love story. Now, before some of you decide you want to check out, oh, God, oh God, I, I, I want you to listen to this sermon and listen to me preach about Christ as if you're hearing this message for the very first time. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would sensitize us right now. God, give us a fresh revelation of your son as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. See, the question is, <laughs> there's nobody in history that has influenced mankind more than Christ. None. People like him. They hate him. They talk about him. But whatever the case, you still have to contend with Jesus. Are you hearing me? And so I want to take you back. I want you to come with me on this journey. And we're going to explore Jesus. What was this all about? Some of you will be surprised what you hear this morning. Some of you will be reaffirmed. And even more anxious, and some of you, which is the ultimate goal, will love Jesus more than you love him, even at this moment. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Go to Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to read verse number 15. Before I read that verse, I want you to, to think about it. God created the heavens and the earth. And how did he create the heavens and the earth? He spoke it into existence. I mean, no, that's power. <laughs> God speaks and it was. And his most prized possession was mankind. He made everything perfect, beautiful. We had, we had everything at our disposal. I mean, life was great. There was no sorrow. There was no sickness. There was no pain. There was no death. There was just bliss, glory, and beauty. As God intended it. He made man. The Bible says that he breathed breath, ruha, into 
to Adam. And Adam came alive. He created Eve and he said of his most prized possession, which you are Adam's seed. You understand that? His most prized possession, he says, I want you to rule over the earth. I want you to govern the Adam, name the animals. I want you to, to rule over it, and I want you to subdue it. There was none of God's creation that was more precious than you because nothing was created, made in his image, except you. The very image, the very nature of God. God said to Adam and Eve, uh, of all the trees in the garden, you can eat all of it. You can eat everything. You can enjoy yourself. I've left it for you. He says, but just one thing you cannot do. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch that. You can have everything else. Everything else. Now, there's some question. Why did God have to put the tree there? I have my own theories about that, but primarily God wants our love because um, he wants us to freely give it to him. He wants us to choose him. But they see the fruit, they take it, and God said to them before they took it, he says, now, if you eat of this fruit, you will not might die. Not as a possibility. He said, you will surely die. At that moment, I want you to stay with me. Everything changed. Suddenly now, men begin to suffer pain. And God said, as judgment, he says, Adam, you're going to work, but you're going to work sweating. It's going to be really hard for you now. And Eve, by the way, I don't know what it was like to have a baby before the fall, but it was without pain. You know that pain is as a result of the curse of disobeying God. God said to the serpent, who was really Satan in disguise, in the serpent, he says to the serpent, you are cursed above all. And I want you to hear what he said in Genesis 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity. That word enmity means hostility. Now I want you to hear this because we're talking about love. Y'all still with me? Amen. I will put enmity, hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. You shall bruise his heel. Now understand at this moment, God, everybody say God. God was talking to the devil. See, he said, when he says, when he makes the reference to your seed, he's speaking there about Satan and all those who would follow him. Let I me mean, know that, 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 that now when sin came into the world, it destroyed everything. And you say, well, pastor, why did God have to deal with this sin? If you have to ask that question, you haven't been living on earth. Look around you. There's pain, there's war, there's sickness, there's hatred, there's death, there's confusion. Everything that we hate, God had to deal with sin. He had to. He could not close his eyes to it because, and he lets creation see, here are the end results of sin, and we have catastrophes all around us. It's as a result of sin. So he says, watch this. Your seed, Satan, and her seed, this was prophetic God speaking about the Christ who would be the seed of the woman without sin that will come and bruise your head. How many know Satan bruised his heel? How many know Jesus did suffer? Jesus did die, <laughs> but he got up. I said he got up. Amen. But the Bible says, but he will bruise your head. In other words, this seed that's going to come of the woman will, watch this, deal the fatal blow. 
I want you to hear this, church. Understand this in this context. Maybe you've never seen this before, but I want you to hear this because what God was doing was at that very moment. He didn't leave us there. He could have said, I just leave you alone and you're just going to self-destruct. He says, no, no, I'm going to make a way for you. So what God was doing way back in, the, in, in Genesis, way before there was the Chinese there, the Asians, the Africans, uh, you name all the different cultures, before it was any of that, just one family, the first family, God said, I'm going to get them. I got a plan. How many know that's love? This was God's plan. This was God saying, I'm going to bring them back from the destruction that they have gotten themselves. I'm going to redeem them. Now, I want you to understand it, because as we go forward, if you don't understand that, you'll miss everything else. This was God's plan. This was God chasing after us. And throughout the Old Testament, stay with me. You see with me? Say amen. Throughout the Old Testament, there is prophetic voices about the seed that will come. This Christ, the Jewish mind, they all knew that there would be a Messiah, a king, because God set it in motion. So all throughout Scripture, through the Old Testament, God is giving snapshots of what's to come. <laughs> He says in Isaiah chapter 7, 14, hear it. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin, everybody say virgin, shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. <laughs> this was fulfilled some 700 years later. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to, the, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin. Betrothed to a man who was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. You understand, God had prophesied 700 years early in Isaiah that, that the Messiah that the ruler would come through a virgin. Isaiah 9, 7 says this. You can write these verses down. I think I gave some of them to die, but I didn't give them all because it was so many. I didn't want to trouble her with that many verses. Of the increase, this was concerning his throne. Of the increase of his government and peace. How many know that you're a part, if you're with Jesus today, if you're saved, this is a story about you. You're, this is, we're talking about you today. You ought to shout amen. Of the increase, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. <laughs> Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Hundreds of years later, Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, talking about the Christ, the Messiah. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. This was talking about the Christ, prophesied some 400, some five, six, seven hundred years earlier. Micah, concerning where he was born. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. That's a book that you all go to all the time and read. I see it in your hearts. I see it in your faces. I'm being sarcastic. But you, Bethlehem, hear this. But you, but see, that's why I love the word. You, see, how many know God is in here? Like ragu spaghetti. It's. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are a little among the thousands of Judah, isn't it amazing? God always chooses the small things to confound the wise. 
Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old and from everlasting. This was fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in where? Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, let's transition because see, I want you to understand that this was God's plan. God had a plan right from the beginning all the way back to Genesis 3.15. I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman Satan, and you will bruise his heel, but he will deal you the fatal blow. It's the one seed. It's the seed. It's God's plan. So Jesus comes. He grows up full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, coming down from the Father. And now let's look at some other verses. John 6, 38. I got to keep rolling because I want y'all to get out here in due course. John 6, 38 says this. Now, I want you to hear that this is very important. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Now, I want you to look at that in a whole different context. Jesus said, listen to me. Y'all want to fuss at me? You want to get upset at me? I, listen, you got to understand, he sent me. I, did, I didn't send myself. You know, one of the things about false prophets is they always, they, they send themselves and they make claims. They got some kind of agenda. Jesus said, my agenda, I just came to do his will. And God validated him with signs and wonders that no man had ever did, mainly the resurrection from the dead. The grave could not hold him with God's ultimate stamp that this is my son. This is my way of eradicating sin off the planet. This is it. You see, a couple of more verses. Jesus said in John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Everybody say finish. He says, my will, my will was to come and to finish his work. In other words, church, he said, I'm, I, I, I was sent by God. You know, and it's almost like Jesus saying, go back and read Genesis chapter 3, 15. He told you I was coming. He told you that I was on the way. He gave you snapshots all along the way that I was en route to deliver you and bring you out. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we go to John chapter 3, 16. For God, for God, so love, so love, so love. He didn't leave us there. He didn't leave us. When we blew it in the garden, when we did, he could, you know he was God. You know he could have started all over. He could have said, done with it. He didn't. He said, no, I'm going to go and get them. For God, 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 God so loved the world, he was motivated out of pure, holy love. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Whoever believes in him, not them, not everybody else, whoever believes in him, this was the seed. This was God's plan. Whoever believes in him, him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus himself said that if you, in Luke chapter 10, 16, he says, you reject me. In essence, you're rejecting him who sent me. <laughs> I mean, no. That God's love is so rich 
It is so deep. It is so complete that no matter what you do, he won't let you go. He won't let you go. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You are bad. You know you bad. You're bad, bad, bad. And he said, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming. I'm coming. You can't do anything about it. I'm coming. I'm coming to get you. Acts, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5. Run to Romans chapter 5, verses 12 and 15. I just got to run. I can't wait for y'all to get there. Write it down. Therefore, just through one man's sin, how many know it was one man's sin? Watch this. This is so important that you catch this because this sets the stage for everything. He says, watch this. Uh, in, uh, where, where are we at? Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Um, just, just, as though, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin. How many know that you are a sinner whether you like it or not? <laughs> and when you get there, maybe I'm, I'm supposing Adam would be in heaven. Maybe you have a conversation with him. Check him out. Say, what's up with you? Boy, why'd you do that? I don't know. I'm just paraphrasing. I have no idea what, this, what that conversation would be like. God must have a special place in heaven for him. I, I don't know if, he, if he's there. I don't know. I'm just saying because there would be a lot of questions. Brother Adam, where are thou? I don't know. Um, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, According to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who is to come. Verse 15. But the free gift. Everybody say free. free. How many of you like free? Amen. Come on. I love free. The free gift is not like, the, not like the offense. For if by, one, by the one man's offense many died through Adam. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man. What's his name? Jesus Christ will abound to many. One man is God's plan from Genesis. Aren't you glad God loved you like that? He's qualified. Everybody say Jesus is qualified. He is qualified because Hebrews 4.15, don't, don't have time to turn there, for we do not have a proud priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. I don't know about you, but my understanding is everybody else who ever walked this planet sinned, except Jesus, born of a virgin, God's seed. There was no sin in him, which makes him qualified. All the other jokers that claim that God sent them, they're sinners. That should tell you something right there. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. How much more shall the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit who offered himself without spot to God? He was perfect. No sin in him. That's why he's qualified. <laughs> the king is qualified. God devised an amazing plan. And so then... Jesus makes some crazy statements. Oh, yes, I've seen people try to exegete them out of the Bible. Oh, you've got an interpretation problem. That doesn't, no, doesn't really say that. Well, maybe somebody just threw that in there. I mean, you know, the human mind, when it wants to do what it wants to do, it'll come up with all kinds of stuff, even if it ain't true. We're just wired like that. Come on, somebody. We, but I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the truth. If there's an absolute truth out there, I want it. And I know that there is. Look at this. John 14, 6. Jesus said to them, watch this. I am the way. Everybody say the way. The way. Put that in caps in your brain. The way. Not one of many ways. <laughs> it's just not what he said. He said, I am the way. I mean, you can't just accept part of what Jesus said and, and reject the rest. Either you take them or you reject them. Make up your minds. 
says, I am the way, the truth. How many of you want truth? He says, I'm the king of it. I am the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, my God. Pastor, no, you did not. Oh, yes, I did. Because when you go back to the book of Genesis, God said it from the beginning. God said, I'm going to send him. He said it. God said, I'm going to send the seed. He did, God did everything. Do you not know that even when, 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 when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, that there were people that were still on lockdown who said, we still ain't going to believe him. I would like to think if I was at the tomb, I would have said, oh, my God, I believe. I would have liked to think that I would have been, I don't know what possessed people to walk away and still want to kill him. Because once I see that bold boy get up from a grave and I know him and he's been there for four days smelling and he's up, I'd be like, that's all, thank you, what do you want me to do? <laughs> four days. And then further the fact that he got up from the grave. <laughs> no man can take my life, I lay it down. Because I choose to do that. Because God sent me. I am not just another person. I am not just some uh, 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 philosopher that gives you wise sayings. I am the savior of the world. I'm it. I'm it. It's not that Christians are being conceited. It's not that we're being insensitive. We just know that God sent Jesus and we want you to have him. How I many know that the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish? Any. I mean, the fact that he went through all of that so that he could bring his son and come down and save us should demonstrate that he is crazy about us. He don't want none of us. He's not willing that any should die. But the Bible says, now watch this, the wrath of God abides on those who refuse him. Well, pastor, that's where you get me. He, you see, why you got to be talking the wrath stuff? Well, I mean, why do y'all talk about the hell stuff? We don't want to hear that. I mean, come get that out. Because, listen to me, God is a holy God. And the consequences of sin has to be dealt with. Because if they're not, they're going to follow us even into the next one, too. The problem with sin, there ain't but one way to deal with sin. You've got to cut it off. That's why we say don't play with it. So God is going to punish it. Well, why? Well, he said that he was coming back 2,000 years ago. Why isn't he come back yet? Because he's long-suffering. He don't want this to happen to nobody. And how I many know we don't want it to happen to nobody? We want to see people experience his amazing and great love. Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other. Watch this. It's, salvation is not in Buddha. It's not in Muhammad. It's not in Krishna. It's not in Gary. It's not in Jim. It's not in Linda. It's not in... Laquita is whatever you call it's not in nobody. Why y'all laughing? I said Laquita. I got a reaction out of you. What's up with that? Salvation and no other. He said, no other. That's it. It's Acts 4:12. He does salvation and no other. No other other than the name of Jesus. That's it. Because that was God's life jacket. You know, if I'm on the boat and you need a life jacket and I throw it to you, you say, I don't want it. Whose fault is that? Is that my fault? I threw it out there. Why won't you take it? Well, I don't like the color of that life jacket. Give me the green one. You can't have the green one. This is the one. The anointing is on this one. Why is it anointed? Because it'll save you if you grab it. <sighs> he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life 
but the wrath of God abides on him. This is our urgent plea. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, Revelations 20, 15. Hell is a very real thing. That's why we preach. Now, I know some of you might be saying, well, I thought we'd had a lot of visitors and a lot of things this weekend. Let me, let me explain something to you. The Bible says that you can be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, because our preaching and our works is never in vain. Amen. Never. Yes. That's why I keep fighting. <laughs> I keep fighting. I'm like a pit bull, a bad one, too. I'll keep my teeth dug in. Because he says that I can be steadfast and movable, always abounding. So I know what I'm doing. So don't think, I did all this. You didn't do this for nothing. Jesus saw everything you did. And listen to me, listen to me. You are blessed beyond blessed. Nothing is in vain. That's why I tell you, you ought to stop serving like you're mad at people. Serve with a big smile on your face. Look at yourself. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Get over yourself. And remember whose I serve in slave terms. Remember whose I serve. I, I, you know, I like that movie, the slave movie. The 13, what is that movie? 12 Years of Slave. I just watched that, so that's why I'm there. Okay. Because eyes are free. You're free. Walk in it. It says this, and I'm closing. John 5, 22 through 23. For the father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the son. That all should honor the son just as they honor the father. He who does not honor the son does not honor the father, nor him who sent him. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And giving him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everybody say Lord. Lord. To the glory of the Father. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Right ahead of communion. If you're listening this morning, maybe you're here in You just realize the great length that God went through to save you. You're sitting here this morning and you say, how could I have denied his love? This is a love story. It is about God's pursuit after you. You're sitting here this morning, church. And you don't know this love. You've rejected this love. You've looked for other things to save you. You've looked to other people even. You've been disappointed. You've been frustrated because, because you have not truly come to the light and the fountain of living water, Jesus. You know in your heart whether or not you're God's or not. And don't let this moment pass by this morning. If you're listening today and you know that Jesus is a very distant thought and you have not surrendered to him. I'm talking to the young, old, and even those who have been going to church for a long time but never truly surrendered. The call is to all of us. Give your life to him today. I want to give you an answer. I want to open, as they say, the doors of the church. I want to give you an opportunity to walk down this aisle and see your life forever changed. By raising your hand this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to go all the way with Jesus. I'm not, I'm, I'm done with playing church. I know now, like I've never known before, that this was your plan all from the beginning. This wasn't just a Jesus thing. This was Jesus being sent because you were chasing after us even right after we sinned. Pastor, I don't know him, but I want to know him today. Will you pray for me, Pastor? Is there one? Just slip in. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to him. 
I want to give you an opportunity. Is there one? I need to know him today. I need to know him. 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 I need to know you're Christian and maybe you haven't appropriated the grace of God correctly maybe your view of God has been one of a taskmaster maybe your view of God is one who is intolerant maybe you didn't realize the seriousness of our faith that you've taken some things for granted I'm talking to us Christians You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm saved, but you know, I, I really, something happened today in my heart that I realized that I need to go further, I need to go deeper, and I need to go with authority like I've never gone before. Maybe that's you. You're just saying, Lord, I just want to increase in anointing to witness and to share and not to take this moment for granted. If that's you this morning. I'm not going to have you come up. Just raise your hand. I just want to pray. I'm going to say a prayer. Someone. I see that one hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for that courageous person, Lord, that acknowledge that they want to run further for you, that they've been even more convicted in their in her soul to go further to run harder for you father whatever her heart's desire is god bless her for taking that step of faith lord thank you for revealing your great power to her and to all of us lord we love jesus now more than we did when we first heard this message we knew, Lord, that he was our Savior. But Lord, sometimes, God, it's in the business of life that we take things for granted. Help your people, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And all God's people said, amen. I want you to keep your heads. I want you to stay in a spirit of prayer this morning. Um, as our custom, we always do communion on Resurrection Sunday. I think this is a this story has reminded us that truly we are in the presence of love. It reminds us to not to take our faith for granted. It reminds us to stay vigilant about the work that Christ has given us to do as the Father sent Christ. Christ has sent us to carry out the mandate and the mission that God had way back in the book of Genesis to come and rescue the people. And we will not be deterred by what we see or don't see here today, but we will be more vigilant and diligent because God, you called us to be that. And so Lord, as we prepare to take communion, God, I pray you will speak to our hearts. Give yourself an opportunity if there's something in your life that is keeping you from being more dedicated, that is keeping you from being more faithful, that is keeping you from being a good witness, I want you to take a moment and ask God to help you and ask him to forgive you. Let go of sin, let go of bitterness, let go of unforgiveness, let go of everything that is not like the Spirit of Christ and walk in your freedom. Before you take communion, Ask God to purify your heart, purify your thoughts so that we might in a very fresh way appreciate and appropriate the grace of God as we should. Let's take a moment and examine our hearts before we take communion. I found myself in you. 
to stand to our feet. Follow the direction of the ushers. We'll come to the table, collect the cup, and then we'll come back and we'll take communion together. So take me to a Trust everybody had a chance to be served. Let's continue in the spirit of reverence. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take and eat, this is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we remember you. Like no other day, God, we remember how your body was broken for us. And Father, I pray that as we eat this bread this morning, that we will reacquaint ourselves with the depth of your love as best as we can humanly understand it. We thank you that you were broken for our sins. Let us eat together. same manner he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes father because of your resurrection we know, Father God, that we have defeated death. We don't fear death, Lord, because you rose triumphantly on our behalf. So God, as we take this, Lord, we remember your sacrifice. We remember that blood that was spilled. And we thank you, Father, that we have been made well and made whole by the blood of the Lamb. Shall we drink together?
Father, thank you for this wonderful time we have together today in your presence. I pray that your people will be renewed in their hearts and minds and be, and be reaffirmed in their faith and love and commitment to you. In Jesus' name. If you could pass those over, uh, those cups over to the ushers, they were they will police those for you and they will make sure that they go into the proper place. Amen. One more time, can we give Jesus an ovation? Now I want us to stick around a little while and uh, we will have some... Uh, uh, we have some goodies out there, some folks have prepared some food, and I'm pretty sure they work pretty hard. So stay back and eat, uh, relax, and enjoy yourself. Um, also, uh, you can take a couple pictures uh, if you like of one another and just kind of let the other person know how wonderful they look today. Amen. And you all do look great. Amen. So let's stretch our hands to the heavens. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him who is our resurrected king, the Lord of glory, the beauty of all the nations, the glory of the entire earth. To you be glory, to you be majesty, to you be power. Care for your sheep today. Watch over us, God. Keep us from sin. Keep us from danger. Keep us from harm. I decree and I declare blessing over every person under the sound of my voice. Good health, healing, deliverance, physically, psychologically, emotionally. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. God bless. See you next week.